How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, and it is so good to be back with you guys, um, at least for this little update. Uh, man, I miss you guys. It's been, the summer is in many ways flying by, and in some ways I feel like we're still just in the middle of it, but uh, a couple weeks ago I had the chance to hang out with some Dad Tired guys in Kansas, uh, Wichita. I had never been. Um, they suckered me into going out there and doing like a camp out. And I was totally like the West Coast soft dude that didn't know how to camp out in Kansas. <laughs> uh, when I was out there, I don't know. I know that we've got listeners from all around the world. But uh, when I was out there, they were like constantly telling me about tornadoes and all these bugs that are going to bite me. And like literally a snake like slithered up to our camp. Um, so I feel like the entire time I was just freaking out. Um, and basically wanting to stay in my tent. Anyway, it was a good time nonetheless. Uh, I always really enjoy hanging out with you guys. So there, there's more meetups coming, more conferences coming. I'll give you updates on all that as we approach the fall. But uh, I'll be traveling a lot in the next probably 12 months just to come hang out with you guys and meet you and talk about what it looks like to be an engaged father and husband and all that good stuff. So anyway, I miss you guys. I really do. The summer's going really well. I hope it's going well for you. I'm looking forward to giving you more updates as we get closer to the fall. Um, This episode, like the ones that uh, in the past of this summer, is sponsored by my good friends over at Circle by Disney. Again, if if you haven't picked one of these up and you have kids and technology in your home, if inside your house you have technology and children, you should have a Circle device. Uh, It is, in my opinion, the best device for tracking uh, all the internet usage in your home. It, it acts as a layer of accountability, but also just allows you to like Sabbath from technology, which you, as you know, if you're a podcast listener, that I'm a big fan of that. Uh, so if you haven't picked one up, go to meetcircle.com, use the promo code DADTIRED, get $10 off and free shipping. Again, that's a super good deal. So meetcircle.com, promo code DADTIRED. Speaking of uh, hearing me talk about the same thing often, uh, if you're not a podcast listener and you just stumbled upon this episode for the first time, uh, I I do want to say like, welcome. I'm super glad that you found this little podcast in our little community. Um, We have a closed group on Facebook with thousands of guys from around the world. Um, who are just trying to get after what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus and help lead our families to do the same. And we genuinely would love to have you come be part of that community. So you can do that by going to dadtired.com and clicking the community tab, and that will link you over to that closed group. Um, There's also a bunch of guys in that group who have gone through the Stop Behaving devotional, which was written specifically for the men of Dad Tired. It is a... um, devotional for men that gets after like what it looks like to have the gospel radically change our hearts and our marriage and the way that we parent and our work and all that. So if you haven't picked that up, you can go to dadtired.com, pick up one of those or get a friend's pack, a three pack. There's a discount on that so that you and some friends can go through that. Anyway, I love you guys. I miss you. Uh, I want to play an episode from you uh, kind of out of the archives. It's one of my favorite episodes, but I know that we've got so many new listeners that you, many of you probably haven't heard this one. So this is one of my favorites. It just talks about what it looks like to lead your family and specifically why you're probably not being the spiritual leader of your family. But anyway, come uh, hang out with me over on Instagram. If you haven't done that already, I'm always giving updates over there. Uh, You can follow my personal Instagram, which is just Jared Lopes, or you can go to Dad Tired and follow along there. But just come out and come hang out there. Say hi. Uh, 
Hope you guys are doing well, man. Looking forward to the fall and getting back into the swing of things. But for now, uh, I'm going to get back to hanging out with my family. Love you guys. Talk to you later. See you. Uh, I want to, uh, every, every episode I either like have a sponsor or kind of a shout out. My shout out this week is to the dad tired guys who are financially supporting this ministry, um, to run a podcast, to host a podcast, to continue to try to get the word out and to spread the word. Uh, it just costs money. It costs a ton of hours and it costs money to do that. And we have some big dreams. We we're 501c3 and we have a board of directors and we've got really big dreams for where God is leading us. Um, but in order to do that, it costs money. And, uh, and money's always a weird thing to talk about. When it comes to church stuff, I get that. I've been in the church world for 11 years. It's always kind of a weird topic, but it's not weird when you're being transparent and uh, and when you're like using when you're using money for the sake of advancing God's kingdom. It's act- it's not weird at all. It's actually pretty cool. And so we're really transparent about money and how we do things. But uh, my shout out is to the guys who are who have signed up to give a monthly donation. Um, to help see this ministry continue to grow. And uh, I just want to thank you guys. I want to thank you for for those of you that donate monthly for just saying that you believe in this ministry, that you're going to use your time, your talent, your resources to see God's kingdom advanced in this way. And so I love you and I appreciate you and I'm grateful that uh, to be on this journey with you. So uh, this episode and uh, many more are for you, man. I, I appreciate seriously being on this journey with you. So thank you guys. Um, most guys have been, I've been doing this dad tired thing now. Uh, I've been a dad for almost six years, but been doing the dad tired ministry for a little over a year. And, uh, I, I spent 11 plus years as a pastor in a church before that. And here was, my, here's the conclusion that I've made. Um, I think that most guys that I've come across with and interacted with most of the guys that I've, I've had interactions with conversations with, I believe this, they want to be the husbands and the dads that God has called them to be, that their wives want them to be, that their kids want them to be. I believe that guys actually want that. And some women sneak into the podcast and follow on on social media. That's totally okay. We're happy to have you as well. But I know some of you would be disagreeing with that based on your husband's behavior. And you think this guy doesn't, like he has no desire to be that guy. And uh, he may not behave, be behaving like he wants to be that guy. In fact, he may be being very rebellious and hard-hearted towards all the things of God. Uh, I've been there, and I, pro- I know probably exactly how he's feeling. And uh, But I can tell you this, most men want to be like, uh, we, we in our nature love to like accomplish things and be good at things and to win things and to fix things. Like, we want to be good. We don't really settle for kind of mediocrity or crap. Like we we want to be good at what we're doing. And uh, so here's uh, here's what I think. I think most guys. I mean, for, going back, that's the whole purpose of this group. The whole purpose of Dad Tired is guys like that. It's is guys who say, "Listen, I'm I'm messed up. I'm broken. I'm jacked up. But I'm humble enough to admit all those things. And I really want help. And I really need some other guys to help me figure this out. That's the whole point of this group, by the way. Um, if you're trying to figure out like what is Dad Tired all about, so we do a lot of different things. We may do a meetup, or we may give you a book, or you may have a T-shirt on, whatever. But the whole point is that we are humble 
broken men trying to be the men that God has called us and designed us to be, the wives that are, are the husbands that our wives desire, the dads that our kids desire. That's the whole point of this group. Uh, and that it, that would all be shaped by the gospel, that, that the, the good news of Jesus not bailing on us, but continuing to pursue us to bring his kingdom into our heart and into our world and into our family, into our house, into our neighborhoods, into our work, changes everything. And that's the whole point of what we're doing here as a little side rant. I think most men aren't leading. Most men aren't like stepping up to be the spiritual leaders of their house for a few different reasons. Uh, and these reasons may or may not surprise you. I, th- I think they might surprise you. Number one is this. I think that most men aren't actually in love with Jesus. And uh, that either may surprise you or that may be like a duh, like that's a really easy one. But I think most men aren't really in love with Jesus. And let me tell you this. Um, that does not mean that they're not saved necessarily. Your husband or you listening, guy, man, dude, uh, you may not be saved. I don't know. I have no idea the condition of your heart, um, the posture of your heart, your submission to God. Um, But I'm not necessarily talking about salvation here as much as I'm talking about your love and desire and passion for Jesus. You are have become a complacent Christian. And uh, I've done podcast episodes of even why I think that. Uh, go back and listen to, darn it, I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, it was only like three or four back and talking about uh, like how God has designed you. I'll have to go back and look at that. I apologize. I can't remember the name of of that episode. It was only three or four episodes back, and it's specifically talking about how God has designed you for ministry. And if you're not operating within that design, you're probably really bored at church and really bored with this whole Christianity thing because you're living out somebody else's passion instead of living out the, the the unique design and calling that God has placed on your life specifically. And uh, so you're, you're, you're likely bored and not you know, feeling that fire that you want to feel because you're just not operating in the way that God's designed you. You're trying to stick a square peg into a, a circle, you know, hole that it just won't exist. It won't work. Um, and, and you can kind of manipulate and shove it and chisel off the side. But at the end of the day, you're exhausted and you're tired. And you're burned out. That might be what it's called. Burned out. Are you burned out? <laughs> um, that's the reason because you're 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 doing what your pastor's telling you to do or your community group's telling you to do or what some book told you to do. And so you're you're trying your best to just behave well as a Christian and you have yet to discover how God has uniquely wired you um, to live out your calling for the kingdom. And uh, he's he's given you specific talents and purpose and uh, design and skills and traits and weaknesses and all these things factor into what you should be doing to advance God's kingdom. And once you find that, once you find your sweet spot, dude, you're not going to get burned out. You may be physically tired, but you will be on fire because you are you recognize that you are being used exactly how God has designed you um, to operate. And I, I could start going a whole nother part two podcast on this because I'm so passionate about it. Like I, I've spent m- the majority of my adult Christian life trying to be somebody, a pastor, um, a type of pastor, a kind of Christian or a kind of Christian leader that I thought I wanted to be because everyone told me that this is how you should be or this is what it looks like to be successful in the Christian kingdom or whatever. And so I would do it and I spent... 10 plus years frustrated, uh, sometimes depressed, couldn't sleep at night, um, 
confused about why I was doing what I was doing. And it wasn't until I started to discover how God has uniquely designed me, the things that I suck at and the things that I'm good at all had purpose for me to be used in the way that God wanted to use me specifically and uniquely for his glory and for his kingdom. I'm preaching now, but uh, (laughs) that's a good episode. You should go back and listen to that episode uh, if you haven't already. (laughs) But I'll probably do a part two, maybe now part 2.5, since I just kind of threw it in there. Going back to most men aren't leading because they are not in love with Jesus and they're probably not in love with Jesus because they have not found their sweet spot. They haven't, they're, they're burned out, they're, they're, they're lukewarm uh, because they're not really sure like how God has uniquely designed them for his glory and for his kingdom. And so uh, we're going to talk about like how to address these three things. But, but first I would just say this, um, if you are not like leading your family in the way that you want to be leading them, it is most likely the root the core of that is the fact that you are not madly in love with Jesus. Uh, because if you were, everything would change. Uh, And I'm saying this because I know it's true in my life. When I'm falling in love with Jesus, I am a better husband and a better dad and a better friend and a more faithful disciple and a more kingdom aware. I go throughout my day looking for opportunities to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven because I'm in love with the king. I'm in love with my savior. And that uh, changes everything. And so the, the question you're probably asking was, how, how do you like get yourself to fall in love with Jesus? And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But the second reason that I think um, that men are not leading their families or stepping up to be the husbands that God has designed them to be, that their wives want them to be, that their kids want them to be, is because they aren't convinced that Jesus is best. And this is, if I'm honest, man, probably the hardest thing that I struggle with because I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been rebellious in my Christian faith. I've been faithful in my Christian faith. And all that means is like I was measuring myself based on behavior. So sometimes my behavior has been really great and I feel awesome. And sometimes my behavior sucked and I feel far from God. And that is messed up theology. That's not grace theology. That is works theology, which I've struggled with my whole life. I think a lot of us struggle with. We think that if we can be good enough, that God is somehow more pleased with us. And that is uh, salvation based on our works, not based on the grace that Jesus demonstrated on the cross, by the way. Um, So, but we aren't convinced that Jesus is best. Let me give you a practical example. Right now, uh, I I have a business going. Um, We're about two years into the business that I started, and every year is doing better and better. Um, We're not making tons of money, but just the thought of like growing a business and getting to do business stuff every day, I love it. I think I have an entrepreneurial uh, heart and spirit and attitude, so I just love kind of hustling and getting after that stuff, and it's really, really fun. I'm having fun doing it. Um, I'm also, by the grace of God and because of his mercy, getting to do this dad tired thing and watching this ministry grow. We started a year ago and literally not a single person had ever heard the words dad tired and knew nothing about this ministry. And since then, we've had tens of thousands uh, of people engaged with what we're doing in dad tired ministry. Um, And so just by the grace of God, and I really mean that, I'm not just saying that to be like uh, kind of sly, humble. I really mean by the grace of God, he's been gracious to us. And we've got to see tons and tons of men draw closer to Jesus as a result. Um, and so here's, the, here's what's scary though. 
I'm having fun doing this business and and uh, starting to lead into this nonprofit ministry. But in the midst of that, if God said, like, I want you to give everything up, I want you to like set your business aside, and I want you to uh, lay down uh, dad's hired ministries or pass it on, give it to somebody else, and I actually just want you to like go work at Walmart and be a greeter or maybe go uh, work uh, on the cleaning staff there, um, I would have a really hard time doing that because I'm not convinced um, that that would actually bring me joy, which tells me I know all, there's a lot of you that have rebuttals in your head and Christian justifications in your head, but let me get to the heart of this. The heart of it is this. I am convinced that my joy and my soul satisfaction comes from what I'm doing, not in who I am in Jesus. Because if it was grounded in who I am in Jesus, then it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be selling cars or I could be uh, running a business or on a cleaning service or whatever I'm doing for the glory of God and my soul would be satisfied because my, my, my joy, my peace comes from knowing that I'm a child, a son of God who's been saved and redeemed by the God of the universe. That God, that God didn't turn his back on me in the midst of my junk, but he pursued me with his great love. That I'm just here temporarily, and it doesn't matter what I do. I'm here to make God's name known, to, to see his glory manifested and made bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it doesn't matter what I'm doing. My joy comes from knowing that I'm saved by Jesus Christ. And the fact that I would get like... um kind of twisted or, or feel like, ah, I can't give that up, tells me that my joy is in something else. Now, even don't even like go that extreme of example. Maybe God just says, um, like, you know, I, not the fact that I want you to like lay businesses down or lay a ministry down or whatever, but even the fact that I'm not consistently pursuing Jesus in prayer and in devotion and, and that I'm not pursuing him and I'm not like coming after him and seeking him with all of my heart. What really that tells me, and this, is, this isn't the extreme example of like quitting your job, if you're finding yourself like not really pursuing the, the Lord, it's probably rooted in that very first thing, that we're not in love with Jesus, and in the second thing, that we're not convinced Jesus is best. Is my time best spent praying to humble myself and seeking God to be desperate for Jesus? If I'm not, I'm probably convinced that what I can do is best. That, w- that the things that I want to do, I can do better. Or I don't need the counsel of the Holy Spirit because, you know, I kind of have this thing figured out. And I've, I've seen things grow on my own. Do I really need God to, like, help me with this? I, I think I've got it figured out on my own. And that is really the root of sin. That's the root of sin. Whatever sin you're struggling with, pornography addiction, alcoholism, pride, workaholism, whatever you're struggling with, the core of it is this. You aren't convinced that Jesus is best. And that sin uh, is not new. In fact, it's the very original sin. It's the very first sin that we ever see in Scripture. Adam and Eve thought, hmm, I wonder if there's something better outside of God. Let me try this apple. It started with an apple, but the heart was the same. I wonder if there's something better out there for me than what God's giving me. I'm going to try something else. And the root of sin, whatever the behavior is, is this, that your heart isn't convinced that Jesus is best. And so you're looking 
in all other places. And by you, I mean me, us. We are searching after someone or something that will satisfy our soul more than Jesus. If we could become convinced that Jesus is best, we would be the kind of men, husbands, and dads that God has called us to be. Um, I don't know how to say it more plainly than that. Okay, so the, the, number one, you you aren't totally in love with Jesus, probably. Number two, you aren't convinced Jesus is best. I know I'm sounding really harsh. Uh, I came up with these, by the way, because I'm looking at my own life. So if I feel like I'm just like slamming you right now, I'm really just using examples of my own life where I feel like I was not stepping up as the husband God has designed me to be and created me to be and why I wasn't doing those. It was because I'm at times not in love with Jesus and or not convinced that he's best for me. The last one is this, and some of you may fall into this category. You literally don't know how to be the husband and father that God has designed you to be. You don't know how. You've never seen it modeled. Nobody's ever taught you. Nobody's ever pulled you under their wing and said, hey, here's the things that you need to do, like to to be the kind of husband, to be the, the disciple, to have your identity rooted in Jesus. This is what that looks like. You literally are ignorant to that. And that's okay. That's a that's a that's a fine place to be. Um, and there's ways that we can go about fixing that. Before we move further, I want to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and tackle how do we get after these three things. What's up, guys? Traditionally in the church, men have been the hardest demographic to reach. And yet Dad's Hired Ministry has successfully been able to engage guys from all around the world with the gospel, equipping and encouraging them to be the men that God has designed them to be. We're a nonprofit ministry, which means we rely heavily on your support. If you love this podcast and believe in what we're doing, would you consider giving 19 bucks a month to help us keep going? You can do this by going to dadtired.com forward slash give. Thank you seriously for being on this journey with me. And I can't tell you how excited I am to see what God does with our community in the years to come. All right, so let's get after these. The, the first thing we talked about is that uh, you, if you're not leading in the way that you want to be leading, you are likely not in love with Jesus. So what do you do with that? Like, How, how do you uh, even begin to approach that? How do you begin to fall in love with Jesus? Now, this is going to seem like a really simple and maybe frustrating answer, but I honestly, in all my years of seeking Jesus, I can't come up with anything better. And based on scripture, I don't know if there's anything better than this. Uh, we, we, I know you want more like tangible answer than this, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Pray. Pray. Like, when's the last time you prayed this prayer? God, I feel far from you, but I don't want to be. I want to be close to you. I want to want to love you. And God, would you capture my heart? My heart in this moment is open to being snatched by you. My heart in this moment is open to being consumed by you, to, to have you draw me in. Now, listen, you can hear all different kinds of theology, and I don't know where you fall in the, the theological spectrum. If you're kind of a theology nerd, there's maybe some things that you might disagree with me on this, uh, but whatever, I'm, I'm not here to talk theology um, or kind of stay up in the head. I, I want to get down to like just practical stuff here. Here's what I believe. I believe that God draws people to himself. Um, I think there are things that we can do to like behavior, try to be disciplined, like seek the Lord with all of our heart. And he said, we'll find him. But I think God gives us 
everything we need to follow him. And that's not like a cheesy quote that you just put up on your wall. I think that God is in control. So here's what what I mean by that. When Paul says that you were saved by grace, not by works. So the very fact that you even came to know Jesus was God's grace. You did nothing to deserve it. Jesus said that while, or Paul said that while you were still yet sinning, Christ came and died for you. While you were still yet sinning, not while you were getting your life together, not while you were trying to figure out, okay, how can I be a better person or a more moral person? Um, Then God said, okay, it looks like you're starting to put yourself on the right track. Now I'm going to save you. No, you were saved by God's grace. Some people use this analogy. It's my favorite analogy that I've heard. There's two different kind of thoughts of, of salvation here. One is the thought that you are drowning in the ocean and God, uh, you are starting to sink to the bottom and God, Jesus, throws you a life vest and it's your your responsibility. Do you want to grab onto that life vest and be saved and be pulled back onto the boat? Okay, that's one uh, thought or theological thought of salvation. Here's the thought that I actually agree with, that you were drowning, you died, you started sinking to the bottom of the ocean, you hit the bottom of the ocean dead, Jesus jumped in the water, grabbed you, pulled you out of the water, breathed life into you, and got you back on the boat, and you're living again 100% based on his grace and what he's done for you and has nothing to do what you've done so that you would have no reason to brag or to boast about your good works or your good deeds. Dude, you were dead, and Christ came and saved you. Um, so that's my theology. I, th- I, th- I think scripture backs that up, that we that we that that this is God's doing, that it's God's grace, that God decides what he's going to do here. And so when you feel like, hey, I'm far from Jesus, my answer to you is not, maybe like some churches or other guys would tell you like, well, how much are you praying? How much are you reading your Bible? What are your daily disciplines? Now, listen, these are good stuff. I'm not saying to not do them, but listen, the heart, I don't want you to change your behavior. I want God to change your heart and only God can change your heart. And so I think that that has to be a humble prayer of saying, God, I am far from you. I am not in love with you, but I want to be. And I don't want my good works to keep me in salvation. I want your grace to keep me in salvation. Just like you saved me through your grace, would you keep me by your grace? And would you draw my heart back to you? I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer over and over and over and over again. And God starts to honor it and to answer it. And my heart begins to become soft again. And he begins to snatch my heart again. And as a result, I love my family better. I love my wife better. Um, I do things with a kingdom perspective because God is chasing after my heart uh, and I'm finding him and he's pursuing me and loving me. And that's not based on my works or my good behavior, but what he's done. It's only by his grace. If you aren't in love with Jesus, number one, ask God to help you fall in love with him again, that he would soften your heart. Number two thing that we talked about is that you aren't convinced Jesus is best. And here's, uh, again, I know I'm giving you like churchy answers here, but I hope that they don't they're not just churchy. If you feel like there's something better out there than Jesus, and this is kind of the story of my life, even in the last few years, as God's been using me in dad dad tired ministry, I'm still having to wrestle with, like, is Jesus actually best? 
Is he worth giving everything, all my life, my money, my talent to? Will he bring me joy? Will he bring my soul satisfaction and a peace? Because I think I can do other things better. If that's where you're struggling with, listen, for you and for me, what that requires is repentance. For us to say before God, Lord, I have sought after things. I have chased an apple. And for us, it's not an apple. It's whatever else you're chasing after. Whether it's sin, like an obvious sin, like pornography or whatever, um, or it's subtle things like you're working really hard or you're chasing after or you're deeply involved in ministry, like you're volunteering too much or you're working too much or whatever it is, whatever you're chasing after that you are convinced will give you more satisfaction in your soul than Jesus is a sin. And for you and I, we need to repent daily. God, my heart is prone to wander from you to wander away from you, to seek things outside of you that would give me joy and satisfaction. And God, I'm sorry. Would you turn my heart back to you? And would you remind me that you are the only thing that can satisfy my soul? And so for day after day after day, would we be in a spirit and in a heart and a posture of repentance recognizing over and over and again that we are prone to wander and that the only thing that will satisfy our souls is Jesus and Jesus alone. For those of you guys that literally don't know how to be better husbands and dads, and not better by like behavior, but what does it mean to be a godly father, to lead your family spiritually? Um, Two things on that. Number one, you just need to be humble and to ask someone that's gone before you, who do you know? Like what guy in your life is a godly husband and dad who's modeling what it means to be faithful and as a man, as a godly man, and just be humble and ask like, Dude, will you help me figure this out? Can I buy you coffee or lunch once a week and just pick your brain? Can I have your family over for dinner once a month and just kind of watch you and to see how you're loving your wife? And will you give me all the information you can uh, and show me what it means to be a godly husband and dad? If you don't have that, um, get connected on Dad Tired. We've got thousands of guys within the Dad Tired Close group, um, many of whom are, have gone before us. They're older than us and they're wiser than us and who would love to start to pour out their wisdom on you. Uh, I also have a book that's free. You can find it on the, the Dad Tired website. Um, it's called Step Up and it gives you like 10 really practical ways that you can start today. Uh, you can read it in your lunch break. Like it's super short and it's free, but just like 10 practical ways that you can start immediately trying to step up and to be the husband and dad and what it looks like to be the husband and dad that God has called you to be. But at, out of all those things I'd suggested, the number one thing would be find a man in your life near you that you're seeing do this already and and be humble enough to say, uh, I know I'm a man and I should have it all figured out, but I don't. And I really need some help here. Can you help me? Can you show me and model for me what it means to be a godly husband and dad? This is what Dad Tired is all about, you guys. This is, this is it at its core. Uh, it was never meant to be a group of super holy theological nerds. Uh, it was meant to be a group of broken but humble men who would constantly point their families towards Jesus, who would constantly pray and ask Jesus to help them fall more in love, who would constantly repent for their sin of chasing after things that they hope would satisfy them more than Jesus, and that they would constantly seek out other men who could point them towards Jesus as well. 
I love you guys. If you uh, if these podcasts are helpful for you, please leave a review, subscribe, rate it. Uh, it just the, again, I, I always say that's not to give me a pat on the back. That's to get this uh, the the podcast in front of more and more men who need to hear these kinds of messages of God redeeming it. Man, we are so prone to wander. I'm telling you, if I go five minutes without somebody pointing me to Jesus, without the Holy Spirit drawing me back to himself, I will fall into sin. I am a broken, jacked up dude who desperately needs Jesus. This is why Dad Tired exists. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your attention, for listening. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Have a great day. Love you. See you. 